here we are, the final episode of Monday Night Court of 2020. Ladies and gents, it's been one hell of a year, and there's only really one way to finish it, and that is with the first ever Monday Night Court Year End Awards, aka the Gories. Yes, I'm your host for the evening, Andy Goldman, being joined by uh, my usual cohort, Mr. Robbie Edwards, and making his long-awaited, much-anticipated return to the podcast after two weeks away, Connor Faraday. Connor, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing this uh, this evening, my friend? Thank you, Andy. Hello, Robbie. It's great to be back. I've, I've, I've missed it, boys. You know, it's been a bit of a, a, bit of a mental Christmas. Um, a lot of interesting work shifts, some through till about 2am in the morning, which has meant I've unfortunately missed uh, the last couple of pods, but, it, but it's great to be back. And um, I was uh, had a bit of a, um, a power through all the wrestling in, over the last few days as well. And, and what a year it's been. I mean, we, we talk about 2020, it'll be a year everyone will remember probably for all of the wrong reasons but um wrestling as well has had to really adapt and i don't think we're ever going to see a year quite like it again absolutely and uh, yeah wrestling has taken a massive hit in 2020 and this is uh, this is our opportunity to to think of some of the good things that we've had to enjoy this year we'll be awarding wrestlers we'll be awarding tv shows pay-per-views but also there will be a couple in there where we have to remember things we didn't like so much about this year's wrestling product spanning wwe uh, and AEW predominantly uh, robbie uh, before we get on to the awards uh we found out some very 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 sad news uh yesterday uh which took the whole wrestling world by storm uh for all the as got to say all the wrong reasons and that was actually the, the passing away of Brody lee uh, aka luke harper jonathan huber only 41 years of age he died after a uh, non-specified lung illness and uh we've lost a really good one robbie i mean you you started watching this product for a couple of years now, it's, you've, you've been watching it. You've seen him go from his WWE time to his AEW time. In the short amount of time you've been watching him, how do you feel about his passing? Deeply saddening, Andy. Mainly because, obviously, in the ring, we all know how good he was. He, especially since his arrival in AEW, he's put on some quite brutal and brilliant matches against the likes of Moxley and, obviously, Cody for the TNT Championship. But you can see by the reaction on Twitter, Andy, that at the end of the day, he was just a very lovely, lovely man to, to work with in the wrestling business. I mean, there were messages of support for his family from virtually every wrestler on WWE across AEW and everyone he'd worked with. He just seemed like a really, really nice man. And, obviously, I didn't know him personally, but... In terms of what I've seen on interviews and obviously listening to on podcasts, he seemed like such a genuine man and almost a sort of father figure to a lot of them, which is the perception I've got from the tweets that have, that have come in from the people, especially in the final room, locker room. So it's, it's a deeply sounding loss, Andy, and um, Wednesday nights won't be the same without him, is the bottom line, because he was obviously not just a tremendous wrestler, but he was a huge part of that locker room, and I'm sure it will be a huge loss for everyone associated with AEW. Absolutely. He, you know, he's a, he's had a, he had a very interesting career. He started off, he was one of the very earliest uh, indie darlings, as they're known as. He came up at a very similar time as the likes of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, very much part of that uh, group, if you will. Uh, and then he rose to ranks NXT, became an NXT tag team champion with his partner, Eric Rowan, debuted with Wyatt Family. Uh, eventually, when that disbanded, he um, he found his way to the Intercontinental, uh, Intercontinental Championship, which, of course, is one of the biggest titles you can win in WWE, and gave him a huge platform. He went on to win another tag team title with uh, Orton and Wyatt, the SmackDown tag titles. And um, he was just a performer that I think we all loved. And, Connor, I know especially you always made a point of how you loved Luke Harper. And when he was released from WWE and came to AWS, the exalted one, Brody Lee, you were very, very excited. What what was it about Brody Lee that got your attention? Everything, Andy, from his his stature to his in ring ability. The man was fantastic. Um, and and as you mentioned there earlier, I think you summed it up perfectly. One of the good guys. I mean, I can't name you one wrestler that didn't do some sort of tribute after they found out the news yesterday. And and that just shows you how much of an impact he had on people. I think I think the best one I have seen is um, Mustafa Ali's tweet. I don't know if you've seen it. And it's just a DM of Brody Lee messaging him going, are you okay? And that just shows what, what a man he was. When Ali was going through some tough times, he was the man that checked up on him, made sure he was okay and, and hyped him up if, if need be. 
Um, for me, he was he was always one of my favourites, and you know we, we spoke about it. I, I loved um, him in the Wyatt family when he went to the Bludgeon Brothers, and I just felt he was always very underutilised. I always thought his true potential was never really shown. Um, he haggled for a move out of WWE, finally got one, went to AEW, and and he was reborn. I mean, the match against Cody Rhodes where he annihilated him, the whole Dark Order thing was fantastic. And then we mentioned it, didn't we, we lads? We we wondered where he went, and we thought maybe you know be a couple of weeks because of you know, he's just lost and he needs to come back from that. And then, unfortunately, the horrible news came out. But, you know, to lose him around, you know, any, any time to lose someone's terrible. But around Christmas time, he leaves, you know, two beautiful kids and a beautiful wife as well, 41 years old. It's just in- incredibly, incredibly sad. And I stayed very quiet over social media yesterday because I was just I was pretty devastated. I'm not going to lie. You know, I went downstairs. I told my mum, I said, you know, he's just one of the wrestlers that, that I always liked. He was never sort of the main one. He was never the one that everyone talked about, but I always had a soft spot for him. I always thought he was a, a great performer. And, you know, as Rob said, I, I fortunately, we you know as, as top quality podcast as we are, we never unfortunately got to speak to him. Um, yeah. But yeah, horrifyingly sad. And, um, you know, everyone comes together when Vince McMahon, AEW and everyone is out there giving tributes. So my, my thoughts and prayers are with his family at this time. 100%. And uh, I, I know I echo that. And I'm sure, Rob, you echo that as well. And uh, very much look forward to seeing how he's tributed on uh, on on Raw tonight, uh, on, on Dynamite Wednesday. I'd like to think they'll put graphics up of him at the start of the show. Uh, I'm sure AW will do some sort of tribute package as he was a current member of the roster. Uh, either way, though, it's a terrible loss to wrestling. And um, as this is the first year-end awards of Monday Night Gore, I guess we can give him uh, the moniker of, of, of Wrestler of the Year uh, as a as a as a sort of a nice one. We will have another rest of the year one uh, for active competitors, but I think we'll give Brody that one because uh, he was a magnificent talent and we thoroughly enjoyed watching him up until October where he wrestled his very last match against Cody Rhodes where he, uh, he put Cody over and uh, dropped the title, which uh, now we know the reason why. It's even more heartbreaking, but uh, he went out on a high. I think he definitely, he definitely went out on a high. Uh, right then. Year-end awards, lads. The Gories. It's time for a bit of a pickup. Uh, we're going to be honouring the best and indeed worst of 2020. Uh, the way this is going to work, ladies and gents, we might have the same winner for each category. And uh, if we do, that's great. And there'd be no debate. But if there is a slight hint of uh, disagreement, we might disagree on who we think had the best match of the year. What was the best moment of the year? Who was the worst wrestler of the year? We might disagree. And if we do, it's our job to try and explain to the two gentlemen exactly why theirs should win and that's we're going to start with the tv show of the year this this couldn't expand to anything wwe programming aw programming even impact i don't care if you've seen it in the whole of 2020 and you think it deserves to be up there this is your chance to say it robbie i will start with you what has been your tv show of the year dynamite boom i mean (laughs) it's consistently been a it's Consistently been the best, Andy. Um, NXT is close seconds. SmackDown is currently class, and it's probably my favourite show at the moment, but it's been up and down over the year. Raw's not even in the equation because Raw sucks. Yeah. But um, Dynamite's consistently been brilliant, Andy, and it has been since it first arrived on our screens October last year. So um, that's my case for AW Dynamite, the consistency of it. There's not been a week. Some weeks will obviously be better than others, but there's not been a week I've come out of it and thought, God, that, that's an hour and half of my life or so that I haven't got back. No. Whereas I watch some of the others and I think I've wasted my time watching that. So that's, that's my case for Dynamite as TV show of the year, lads. Okay, well, I will, I will second that. Connor, before I come to you, Dynamite has been my number one wrestling show of the year. Not just because of the, the storytelling, but also some of the special editions of Dynamite and some of the massive events that have ha- actually happened on the show as opposed to pay-per-views. We saw the return of Sting on Dynamite. We saw Kenny just win the world title on an episode of Dynamite. Even though they're sort of sexed up as these uh, bigger editions of Dynamite, it's still weekly TV, free view on TNC or ITV, wherever you're watching it. And that's why SmackDown, for me, has been the best episode, uh, best TV show of the past couple months however this is the year end awards it's got taken to count the whole of 2020 as you rightly said rob smackdown for me at the start of the year wasn't so good i reckon after SummerSlam, when reigns returned that's when it really picked up so if it was the six month award i'd go for uh, smackdown but seeing since it's a whole year i have to say dynamite as my number one uh connor what say you it's going to be really really dull because i agree <laughs> both it, it is, it's dynamite i think 
you know, to think that it's only been on the air just over a year and, and the amazing shows that they're putting in, you know, you watch half of them on a blooming Wednesday and you think it's a pay-per-view, some of the stuff that they do. I think they also made Wednesday nights sort of high quality, high caliber. Some of the matches they put on the special Wednesday nights um, that they do. And I think NXT tried to follow suit. Um, NXT for me is a close second, purely because I'm a massive fan of NXT. Um, however, I think... The injuries hurt them, and when the injuries hurt them, Dynamite really picked up on that and, and, and gave some unforgettable shows. So I'm sorry, listeners, but I agree with the boys, and it's AW Dynamite for me. All right, there you have it. The first gory goes to AW Dynamite with the SmackDown NXT votes, uh, a close second and thirds, I think, there, 100%. Uh, right, now we come to the feud of the year award this is uh, for the best feud we've seen this year between either a tag team or or two singles competitors men women i don't care uh connor i'm going to start with you mate what has been your favorite feud of 2020 well my favorite feud is sticking with my favorite show aw dynamite and i have gone for the cody rhodes mjf feud oh that's a now, shout the reason I have gone for this is because I just think the storytelling behind it was absolutely fantastic. And now there's been a lot of feuds in WWE, in AEW, where the wrestling has been phenomenal, but they have lacked the storytelling, the acting. You know, as much as wrestling is about being great in the ring, you also have to have a, a personality, some acting ability about you. And there is no one better than Mr. Maxwell Jacob Friedman because he made that feud from the throwing in of the towel to the, I'm so sorry, mate. I thought, you know, I thought he was going to kill you. I had to get involved to the then kicking him in the nuts, making (laughs) him take the lashings, making him ward low in the cage, all for Cody Rhodes to lose in the end. MJF picked up the win and has gone on now to join the inner circle. So for me, it's Cody Rhodes, MJF, feud of the year. That's a monster shout. That is a much shout. Robbie, what's yours? Oh, if I've got the same as him, Andy. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it was between that one and um, I've been loving the Reigns Owens one at the moment, but it's not had quite the length mm. of the MJF Cody one. And I don't think it's been quite as deeply personal and emotional one. The MJF Cody one was brutal, wasn't it? Everyone Connor just said there was hit the nail on the head, so I can't really argue with that. There's other ones which have shone. Bailey Banks is obviously in there, but I think MJF Cody is a phenomenal shout. And Connor, probably a lot of people forgot about it because it was before the pandemic. Yeah. We obviously, have to cast our minds back to then, a time before um, no crowds, but at least fans did get to witness that feud in all its glory, and it was an incredible feud. So I, I was, I was completely torn between two, and funnily enough, MJF Cody wasn't in there. I just, I just didn't twig it. It was actually between Edge and Orton and Moxie and Omega. And I found it really tricky. And I had to give the edge to Moxie and Omega just because it's very fresh in my mind. And I think the match they had was extraordinary and all the fallout that's happened. So that's been my feud of the year. But seeing as though you two have reminded me of that wonderful feud and have, uh, it's kind of two to one here. I'm going to have to give the uh, the dub yeah. to NGF and Cody there. I think that's only fair. It was a tremendous feud. But I think, yeah, Moxie and Omega, Edge and Orton, Banks and Bailey definitely deserves honourable mentions in that one because uh, they were uh, tremendous as well. But uh, yeah, feud of the year, MGF Cody. I'll give you that one, boys. Whee! Right then. <laughs> Numero tres. This is the breakout star of the year of war. This is for a young up-and-coming wrestler, man or woman, tag team, doesn't matter, who has shot through the ranks of 2020 and taken the world by storm. Even Maybe even not by storm, just someone that you think you look forward to watching when a year ago, maybe you wouldn't have done or hadn't even heard of them. Uh, so Robbie, I'm going to start with you. Who's been your breakout star? Mr. Dexter Lumas. Mm. I love him. The man, the man is, the man is a monster. If he hadn't had his injury, mm. I personally believe we would be talking about a North American champion. But despite that, I still think he's had a pretty incredible year. Last year, I had no idea who he was and he kind of broke on to the scene. And he's had some, Matches that have disappointed. Obviously, a strap match against Roderick Strong was a bit underwhelming, but he's still come out on top and the majority of the feuds he's had. Obviously, just overcome Mr Cameron Grimes. And I think he's going places in the in the future. And it won't be too long before he's got one of the belts around his waist in NXT. And I've just been 
a huge fan of him, Herman Posh, and love watching him. So that's why he's my breakout star of 2020. Top shout. Uh, again, a bit like the previous one, I was torn between two. I was torn between the Street Profits and Orange Cassidy, who at the start of the uh, revolution had that wonderful match with Pac, who could get the tagline, he's going to try, and he did, and that, and that really introduced him to the world, and he's gone on to do great things. He was uh, had a fantastic feud with Chris Jericho, the, the best of three match. Uh, he was involved in with the likes of MGF very recently. I think he's just, he has been the sleeper hit of the year for me, MJ, uh, sorry, Orange Cassidy. He's really entertained me thoroughly. Uh, the, the state of address he did with Chris Jericho, with Eric Bischoff did the thing, and his answers about, you know, the climate change, all this sort of thing. I just thought it was, he was very entertaining. And a year ago, I might not have said that. I sort of thought, oh, hey, yeah, he's quite funny, yeah. But I never thought he'd be able to do what he's done and um, become a, title, a legit title contender at parts of the year. So Orange Cassidy's my breakout star of the year. Uh, yours, Robbie, was Dexter Lumis, Connor. Interesting, lads. We've all gone differently on this one. Now, again, this was a really, really tough one for me, but I have to give it to the EST of WWE, Miss Bianca Belair. You know, it all started at the Royal Rumble when she went in at number one, number two with Alexa Bliss at a phenomenal showing. And I went, this woman, this woman is going places. She then got a bit loud on NXT, had a few match, had a match against Charlotte Flair, which she lost before she then moved up to SmackDown and is now hitting the heights on SmackDown. And you can tell she's, she's being groomed for a future opportunity. You know, tag teaming with, with Banks this week, I think there will be some sort of feud that will happen, hopefully around WrestleMania time. She's one of the favourites for the Royal Rumble as well, potentially could go a step further than... Uh, she did it last year at uh, sorry January's Royal Rumble. As we're not in the new year yet, so for me, yeah, uh, former EST of NXT, now EST of WWE, Miss Bianca Belair is my breakout star. Okay, now this is the first time we've had a triple threat of competition. Now I hear both of you. I do. I do hear both of you. My only issue with your picks, lads, Bianca after the Rumble, unfortunately, went very quiet, very quiet, and was busy doing other things, uh, NXT and, and the like. Robbie, Dex Loomis, he had his injury, like you said, and was out for, uh, for a substantial amount of time just before he was right about to reach his peak. Whereas for me, Cassidy, he's been, he's been constant throughout. He's been on more or less every dynamite for the beat, year. Just yeah, saying. but beat Chris Jericho, and then what happened? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's lost some key matches. But it's a breakout out pulling on the coattails of best friends in their feud with uh, Miro and um, Kip Sabian. Mm. Doing, a bit, doing a bit of a Penelope Ford, just kind of hanging around, I, involved every now and again. Has he really pushed yeah. on? I think your Street Profits shout was better than Orange Cassidy, I won't lie. Really? I, okay. I, I shoot puppets with my thinking, but I have them for another one, so I didn't go for this one. But I'm happy to go with Belair on my own Cassidy. Belair, she did start the year phenomenally, and she has ended it. Yeah, and she's, she's suffered from stupid WWE not booking her properly. Yeah. I suppose, Brilliant. look, if you'd said in 2019, Bianca Belair next, this time next year, uh, you know, people might have not been so sold. But uh, after the Rumble performance and the way she's ended the year... Yeah, I'll no give, yeah. she was in 2019. Yeah, she started the year unbelievably with that Rumble performance and I think she's finishing it strong going into the Rumble as um, a lot of people's favourite so um, alright that's it well sold well sold Bianca Belair breakout star of the year congratulations uh, right now, another another nice one, lads. This this uh, this was this was a tricky one because it, it you could just it's so broad you can really go anywhere. Uh, best moment of the year. Uh, this could be a match. This could be an interview. This could be a segment. This could be anything. What did you think was the best moment of the year? I'll start. I'll start. I, I was very torn. I, I had a few in my head. Literally, the image of the fiend on fire that was up there for me because it just it was such so impactful. Uh, Brock Lesnar's elimination from the Rumble where Drew eliminated and that was huge for me because the ginormous reaction it got. Uh, but for me, uh, just as a wrestling fan, as someone who has consumed the product for a long time, the best moment was the Undertaker's farewell because it was just so well done. The hologram of Paul Bear was beautiful. He had all his friends come down to the ring. It was just a very nice end to a wonderful career. And it just made me all gooey inside. And that's why that is my best moment of the year. Um, no one can touch The Undertaker and no one can touch that farewell. It was beautifully done. Considering the circumstances where there being no fans, I think they did themselves very proud with that one. And I'll remember it 
probably forever. Uh, Connor, what's your best moment of 2020? I changed mine off the back of the news that broke yesterday. Um, and I went for um, Mr. Brody Lee turning up at AW. Um, for me, it was for me it was a, it was a great moment because I just love Brody Lee. Um, well, he was Luke, oh, I knew him as Luke Harper until they said it was yeah. Brody Lee, and, and I'm just absolutely gutted because he had so much potential and so much to give. Um, so I changed it last minute, and I went for that to put that in there. So for me, Brody Lee going to AW. Robbie, oh, it's a brilliant shout from both of you. There, it was deeply sad, obviously, that. Um... Brody Lee, I think he was meant, because his debut came literally just after we lost crowds, wasn't it? And I think he was meant to debut in his hometown. Can I, can I also add, um, yeah, there, was a lot, there was a lot of, um, supposedly, I'm not sure how true this is, but supposedly there was a few tapings um, of certain stuff to happen with Kenny Omega, and, and one of them that they were considering was Mr. Brody Lee going for Kenny Omega, so... Sorry to put a bit of a dampener on, on this award, but I, I think it's something to mention how highly AEW thought of him. And even when he oh, yeah. lost the TNT title, he was never out of the picture. And um, yeah, ever so sad. Robbie, best moment for you? Uh, I had Edge returning. Oosh. But then he could easily just win the best return. So if he doesn't win this one, I'm not going to lose sleep. But it was one of the few moments that I got to experience with you, lads obviously when we watched it together and one of the few moments that benefited from a crowd. So that's why I swung towards this one. But obviously the history Undertaker has um, an absolute legend in the business. And obviously Connor, Connor just there mentioned the, obviously the passing of Brody Lee and his return. I'm happy to go with either of them. I'm happy to let this one slide because you both made brilliant cases to me there. So I, I think we should go with the Undertaker purely because a 30 year career um, spanning from Survivor Series, you know, back in the day. He's been wrestling longer than we've all been alive. You know, 1990, November 1990, he turns up, no one knows who he is, and, and now he leaves an absolute legend. So I think for me, I, I, I think purely because Rob will probably come to it, Edge will probably be in a different category. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I think Undertaker's farewell for this one. Good stuff, yeah. All great nominations there. Undertaker's Farewell just gets the nod there. Uh, now, th this is the first negative, gory award. Uh, this is the, the worst moment of the year. Now, if we can, obviously, in theory, of course, the news we just received about Brody Lee, that, it ha that has been the worst moment, really, for wrestling of this year. Not to mention Pat Patterson, uh, other passings we've had this year. It's been a pretty, pretty, pretty sad year in terms of wrestling passing, passings. But uh, if we can keep it objective about the product itself uh the worst moment of the year there's been a few i'm looking at monday night raw on a lot of occasions but rob i'll start with you the worst moment for you we've just thought why am i watching this what am i doing with my life what is it i mean anyone who knows me probably could have has a brilliant bloody guess at what my worst moment was and it was when that stupid old man goldberg <laughs> my lovable theme in that super shit down of a show yes. way back in February is a moment that I will never be able to erase from my mind and it still sits there back of my head how poorly they booked my lovely Bray White who is now of course passed away at TLC but um yeah that was shit I hated it I remember I saw you next day and um fucking human you were absolutely livid with that that decision and it backfired completely because it was meant to be brains goldberg wrestlemania it didn't even end like that ended up being strowman of stupid stupid andy and oh, no, just anything goldberg in goldberg is actually could have been the few it could i think it's pretty much all of my worst ones and i just can't stand him mm. and the fact that he is i looked at skybert this morning he's second favorite to win the rumble makes me want to kill myself that is uh, it's a horrifying thought isn't it if that is if that is if that's what happens i will be fuming absolutely fuming but i'm not going to dwell on that too much but yeah that that's my worst moment there are a few on raw that i could but none of them have made me as angry as that one my two worst moments in wrestling include the fiend when he lost in hell in the cell as well but 2020 it was that one nothing comes close in my eyes personally fair enough well that match comes into something i've picked later on so i'll i'll, I'll 
I'll heed that, my opinion on that uh, later. My worst moment was actually two moments. I'm not sure if this is allowed, but it involves the same person. Rey Mysterio, um, I don't know how he has, he hasn't died. The amount of death that's taken place, it's been, all, it's been a horrible year, but Rey Mysterio should have died twice. And my worst moment of the year was both when he was thrown off a skyscraper uh, and lived and had his eye gouged out and also lived. Because the logic is really not there. To fall to, to about 300 feet to the ground and live, and then to have your eye ripped out on, on live TV. For me, you're saying, and I know a man just got burnt alive, that's Bray Wyatt, it's slightly different. It's a different kettle of fish. But for a, a man, I, it's just bullshit. I'm sorry, what a waste of time that whole feud was. He, oh, that, so yeah, I know it's two, and I know I've cheated slightly, but it's still the fact that Rey Mysterio shouldn't be alive now and yet we're expected to believe that he just comes in next week like yay i'm back hello you know so that's my yeah that's my choice uh connor well again we're all going different for me it was one of our favorite well one of our favorite women's superstars return and it was liv morgan's return this was possibly the world's worst return as we were forced to watch lana and bobby lashley get married in the middle of a wrestling ring. Now, yeah. I, hate, I hate to break it to you. I actually, that was one of my options, but it was actually back end of December. The wedding was this year, though, wasn't it? It was December. I think December, like, it was like, I think it might have been like New Year's Eve or something. It was right at the back end. I'll, I'll probably give you it because it is, it, it kind of carried on in 2020, the feud. But the actual wedding itself was 2019. Oh. <laughs> Sure it could be, that could be your one for worst feud, Connor. You want yeah. Like oh, we've done worst feud. Have we done? We, no, we don't. We've done best feud, haven't we? Yeah. We want to make worst feud now. So, uh, so, sorry, Connor, <laughs> but it's between Rob, Robert. I'll, I'll tell you what, Connor, to, to make you feel better, I'll give you the, the casting <laughs> vote. What is, out of uh, mine and Rob's both, what has been your worst moment of the year? Was it the match between Bray and Goldie, or was it the. The Bray Mysterio cheating death more times than you could throw a stick at. No. <laughs> let you two decide. Uh, I'm I'm cementing my flag solidly for for the fiend. Goldberg. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it. I'll let you have that one. I did Mysterio stuff. I I didn't come out of that. I just found that funny when he gets thrown off the balcony because I remember there was just, they didn't really make anything of it, did he? Just no. <laughs> Corbin just threw him off the side. Michael, he just, just went, happened. oh, Michael, <laughs> he's dead. Okay, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. So the worst moment of the year, I'll, the worst moment of the year was yes. yeah, Goldberg beating Bray Wyatt for the Universal title. That was yeah. an atrocious decision, atrocious match, uh, and um, not one we look very fondly back at, I don't think. Uh, now, yeah, okay, uh, Rob, you mentioned it there. The worst feud of the year, then. Let's let's do that one. I think to appease Connor, shall we agree that uh, Liv Morgan and uh, Lana and Rusev and Lashley, that was, yeah. that was appalling, wasn't it? I think we can all agree on that one, yeah? Okay, yeah. Stuff. All right, that, that's that one. Uh, next, tag team of the year. Now, this, this again, there's been a lot of great tag team matches. I'm specifically looking at AEW, really, for me personally. And I'll tell you, my, my tag team year has been the Young Bucks. I think they've been on a great journey. The match revolution, which I'm going to come on to later, by the way, with um, the then champs, Omega and Page. The trials and tribulations, they went to try and get the belts. They had a cheeky little sort of slight heel turn where they just started super kicking the hell out of everyone. It was just so entertaining, so funny. The one to Alex Marvez just still cracks me up when I think about it. Um, and they're the Young Bucks, best tag team in the world, in my opinion. They had a great match with... Uh, uh, FTR recently to win the belts. It, they have to, it has to be them for me. Street Profits are probably a close second, but then again, you know, they haven't defended all that often. So uh, I'm going to go for Young Bucks. Robbie? Yeah, it was between the two you just mentioned there. The Young Bucks, I can fully understand. Well, they're probably most people's picks. I did go with Street Profits, mainly due to the fact that they've obviously broken broken to the scene this year. Obviously, won the belts very early doors and have looked pretty much untouchable. Could argue that's the fact that there haven't really been anyone to challenge them and they have rarely defended their titles. But those who are wrestling now are talented, they are, and there's not a lot they can do if WWE aren't going to push any decent tag teams. 
So um, that's why they're my picks. But yeah, the Young Bucks, I can't really argue. Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world, aren't they, at the end of the day? So I'll allow that one slide. I see obviously what Connor has his pick. But if it ends up being Young Bucks in fair play, fair play, I can't argue with that one. Yeah, I've gone for Young Bucks. Andy, you've pretty much summed it up there, really. They are the best tag team on AEW and should hold the tag team titles for a while for me. Good stuff. Right, I said, old Young Bucks, Tag Team of the Year. Congratulations, Bucks. They, they were hoping to win that one. They were. They messaged me last night. Uh, return of the Year. Now, we, I think we, we sort of we touched on this one earlier on, but that's not the only return we saw. We've seen plenty of other returns, but I think for me, it had to be Edge. I think Edge's return at the Rumble way back when, nearly a, nearly a whole year ago now, was astonishing. I will never forget, lads, the moment he came out. I was watching it with you, Rob, and with you, Connor. We were sat in your uh, uni house down in Bournemouth, I remember where I was sat, and I do just think, remember, you'd think that when a return like that happened, everyone would go crazy. And of course, in the stadium, they did. And usually when a return like that happens, when watching at home, I go crazy. But I don't know if you remember this, lads, but when Edge's music hit, we didn't speak for a good three minutes. None of us said anything. We were silent in our shock and awe. We didn't speak. Not, I, think the, I think Connor broke the silence by saying, wow, or something like that. That was it. We just didn't speak. <laughs> A bit more enthusiasm than that, Andy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, do you wow. remember? We just we did not speak. I didn't. We just go. You just you just did your tradition for me. You just grabbed my leg and squeezed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is, boys? Is I think I think one of the reasons is every year when Rumble season comes, you read so much. CM Punk's coming back. You know, all these people are coming back, and they never do. They never do. So when you read, when you read Edge is coming back, you're sitting there going, yeah, whatever, no chance, bad neck injury, ain't going to happen. And then when you suddenly see it for your own eyes, you're just absolutely shell-shocked. And, and I think that's the best way I can put it, really. I was absolutely shell-shocked. So for me, if anyone else, Rob, if you say anything else, mate, I'm going to laugh at you because that is the best return. Well, no, look, hey, 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 look, I fully, I fully understand. <laughs> yes, it probably was. Anyone mentioned... Well, obviously Sting was a big thing, but it didn't have it ben- didn't benefit from the crowds, and obviously the Rumble is a brilliant scene for it to take place on. But I obviously had Edge for best moment. The return, I would like to make an honourable mention to Mr. Roman Reigns because yeah. the tone was kind of significant, and since he's come back, he has made SmackDown, in my opinion, the most dominant show. And if without him, SmackDown wouldn't be nearly as enjoyable. But I've gone off that. That wasn't really much of a shock value to that in comparison with the Edge moments edge returning was one of those moments we will look back on for years years and years to come and it was just a brilliant moment and it was also good to actually share a moment of wrestling this year with with you lads and see it with fans so yeah that's that's it, it it's quite sad to think about because that seems a long long time ago does, when we yeah. were watching that rumble but it was it was an incredible royal rumble and that capped it capped it off well, the, new, the next rumble's only about five weeks away isn't it so, that's right daniel um, bryan has said he's in so that's that's one yeah. name announced daniel bryan and uh yeah i look forward to the rumble i, I look there's not gonna be any fans i don't think anyone's anything's gonna change between now and and late january no, but i think the thunder it'll be a good setting if they tape it they could do good sound effects and things like that uh, so it should still be a good rumble, I think. Yeah. Mania was good, and that was without the Thunderdome, so I'm sure the Royal Rumble can be it good. It was, I agree. Uh, so yeah, Return of the Year, Edge, with honourable mentions to Sting and Reigns, I think uh, both very much deserved. Right, this is a big one, lads. Match of the Year. <laughs> For me, this was never in question, but I'm going to hear your yours first and see if you um, have my one as well. Uh, Connor, I'm going to start with you. What has been your match of 2020? Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks. No match for me yep. has ever come near. The quality, the brutality, the move set, the amount of time the match went on for. I could have watched it for another half an hour, another hour. It was just absolutely phenomenal. I think at the time, the right team won as well. I can't say much more than that. It, it literally, if you haven't seen it, go sit down, dedicate some time and watch it and enjoy pure wrestling ability. I mean, the stuff those men were doing, I could only dream of ever doing. I'm, I'm nowhere near. So, <laughs> unbelievable. And that, for me, takes it. That's match of the year. I can't even know if you said that because I was really hoping you would both have forgotten about it so I could be like, hey, I hit you with that one. But no, you can't forget about it, can you? Uh, Rob, are you the same or do you have another one? Yeah, you can't forget about that match. <laughs> and you really can't. We were only talking about about, about a month ago and we were comparing it to the, the Bucks um, SCR match, which everyone said was supposed to be the 
one of the greatest matches of all time, but it just wasn't on par with that match at Revolution. Just the pace to it, the emotion, the ability of all the men in the ring was just world class. It's worth buying the Revolution DVD and watch just watch it for that match in high definition on Blu-ray, whatever you want to do with it. Absolutely insane, and it will go down as one of the greatest. Um, not just wrestling match, not just tag team matches, sorry, but wrestling matches of all time because it was just in incredible. And then I was going through them, obviously the WWE did their Slammy Awards, and the matches they had for best match of the year just didn't even come close to it. Obviously, they've had cinematic matches, which yeah are unique, but in terms of wrestling ability, I think none of the matches this year can even touch that one. So yeah. anyone doesn't think that's a bit of an idiot, to be honest. I think what 2020 has given us is a lot of uh, post-March cinematic matches yeah. have been some of the best. I look at Boneyard match at Mania. That was extraordinary. And that would make my top three along with probably Stadium Stampede. I thought that was a fantastic match with uh, the Elite and Hardy versus the Inner Circle. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. But it just has to be Omega Page versus the Bucks. It was just one of the... Uh, it was the greatest tag team wrestling match I've ever seen. And, it's, yeah. and it is up there, I think, top five of my all-time wrestling matches I've ever seen. It was just extraordinary. And yeah, I cannot in any shape or form argue any other match in, in favour of that one. So uh, yeah, match of the year, Omega Page versus Bucks at Revolution back in February. Now we come to the worst match of the year. Uh, my choice, I sort of mentioned it earlier, uh, Robbie, you said your worst moment was Goldberg beating The Fiend at Super Showdown. Um, my worst match was Goldberg versus The Fiend because it was pretty naff. It was only a few minutes long and obviously the result was appalling. So that was my worst match of the year. Uh, what was yours, Connor? Uh, my worst match of the year was, you alluded to, to it earlier, and it was the eye for an eye match between Mysterio <laughs> and Seth Rollins. Just complete oh. and utter shit from start oh. to finish. And the effects on Rey Mysterio's eye supposedly popping out and bleeding just showed what an absolute shit show that match was. It was honestly one of the worst things I've ever watched. No crowd, obviously. It was in the PC because it was just when um, the pandemic had begun. I think it was like the second or third pay-per-view that they'd done during the pandemic. They still weren't on top of it. And I just hated it from start to finish. I couldn't wait for it to go on and then uh, to finish sorry and then uh yeah after that i think he was off for like a week and came back with a bandage over his eye and i'm supposed to believe he's absolutely fine and yeah. now i think he's as he i think he's even started to take it off hasn't he and he's got two yeah, eyes I think so. it's supposed to be his eye was gone forever so, so complete and utter rubbish it looked like a ping pong ball dipped in ketchup do you remember that literally, shot it's appalling literally. oh i, I just it's thought a... it was absolutely terrible it's a company that makes millions, maybe even billions of dollars, and they couldn't afford any decent CGI. And the thing was, like, it was like they were obviously off the back of the Boneyard match, which was so good and so cinematic. And I thought they were just going to do something like really interesting for that as well. I thought, you know, you're pushing the boat out here, so why not do something that's going to be like cinematic and a, and a bit of fun and actually look quite good? Oh God, it was awful. And when it was over, I think I think I cheered with celebration and hoped I never ever see anything like that ever again. It was appalling. And it's weird as well that even a, a man getting set on fire and burnt alive is yet somehow more acceptable than the eye for an eye match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I think the context as well is just ridiculous. Uh, Rob, what's yours? Well, I would have gone Goldberg and Fiend again, but because I went with it for worst moment, I did a different match. I did, from that very same pay-per-view, Super Showdown, which was awful, absolute crap. <laughs> I went for um, Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet, basically where the oh. career of Ricochet Oh, yeah, yeah. Ended. Just, just ended and Ricochet it's just the poor bloke has never been the same he's finished pretty yeah. much shame he's just since that moment I remember we went into that paper and that was one of the few matches we were like okay that could actually be something good you know what's going to happen Lesnar obviously worked really well with um, smaller wrestlers after his matches with Finn Balor and AJ Styles etc but I think it was about three minutes long and he just basically obliterated Ricochet didn't get a single bit of offence and it was just terrible and everyone came out after it saying wow okay so the former United States champion just killed him off yeah. And he's done nothing since then because yeah. he's just been booked horribly. But arguably, I would argue that the eye to eye, eye for an eye match probably was worse in terms of wrestling ability. It was just the significance of Ricochet's defeat at the hands of Lesnar that I refer to absolute shit. And it's just yeah. the shit that comes with the Saudi Arabia pay per views, which half the time are pretty woeful because the matches are. are just run together at the last minute. 
But um, I'm happy to um, go for the Ronald Mysterio match. As we already had Goldberg Fiend on there, I think the eye for an eye match was just pretty shambolic. That, that was when WWE was at an all-time low when they yeah. did stuff like that. It's yeah, pretty well SmackDown. Really over the summer, it was pretty abysmal at the time. And they're still getting to their hand to grips, I think, with the no crowd situation. It was just stuff like that. It was just... It was creative bankruptcy, though. We were, we were talking yeah. about it, weren't we? It was, it was when they were investing absolutely everything into Bailey and Banks, and, and mm. it was at the pure detriment of every single other storyline yeah. they had going on, because other than that, I couldn't tell you anything that stands out other okay. than the Bailey Banks stuff over that period of time. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of those matches that you just think, oh, please, let me never, ever see it ever again. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so worst match of the year will go for the Alpha and I match between Rollins and Mr. I don't remember what paper it was. I don't really don't. I, I can't it was remember. the horror show, wasn't it? Horror yeah. show extreme. Okay, that's right. Yeah, it definitely was. Christ. Uh, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. good shout. So with Goldberg of the Fiend and uh, Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. If they gave Ricochet, if they gave him six or seven minutes, he could have made a real good showing. But no, it was over in two or three. Yeah. Very sad. Uh, but now we come to the pay per view of the year, the best pay per view of 2020. We've had some good ones, some really good ones at the start of the year and certainly towards the end of the year. I look at TLC as being a very strong one, but uh, mine, I, it was also where the best match happened. Revolution 2020, that for me was just almost perfect. MGF Cody was just beautifully told. The tag match was the best ever and John Moxley dethroning Chris Jericho to start his lengthy title reign was perfect. Perfect way to end the night. I loved it. The last pay-per-view of AW before uh, lockdown started and we went behind closed doors and so for that I remember it incredibly fondly uh, Robbie what's your pay-per-view of the year? Uh, it was Toss Up Between 3 Revolution as you said last year's Rumble which was one of the most incredible Rumbles of all time and TLC I just absolutely loved and that's the one I went for actually because it's fresh in my mind and I just thought the card on TLC which is brilliant all the matches lived up to the billing as well but I can understand the lure of Revolution and to be fair, AEW's been a bit neglected so far. No awards, considering I gave it the best TV show of the year, so I'm happy to go Revolution. I don't know why I didn't. Maybe there's something about uh, looking back, every match was quite brilliant, wasn't it? So, oh, the only down on it was um, the women's match because Chris Statland, remember, she was ill, wasn't she? Yeah, but she, I think she put, considering she was ill, she put a shift so, um, That's the only down I put on it. Uh, but TLC is a good show, Robbie. Yeah. Because it was a phenomenal show. And Royal Rumble. Mm. And Mania. For what it was, Mania was decent. I thought about that as well. Mm. Uh, Connor, what about you? Yeah, we've all gone different, boys. I went for the Rumble. I mean, two fantastic Rumble matches. Men and women's great performances from the likes of Bianca Belair. Edge's return. Drew McIntyre winning it. And the crowd going absolutely mental. Brock Lesnar staying in and eliminating like 15, 16 people. So many memorable moments. Um, so for me, I went for the Royal Rumble just for the crowd. I mean, nothing will ever be Edge's return and that crowd noise reacting, you know, Corey Graves going, no, no, no way, no. You know, even if he did know, he put on a hell of a performance to show he didn't know. So for me, I went for the Royal Rumble. Fair enough. Uh, but I'll state my claim for Revolution. We gave it a feud of the year for, for MGF and Cody. We gave a match of the year for the Bucks and uh, Megan Page, not to mention Moxley winning the world title, which we all loved and we all loved Moxley as champion. That is why I picked Revolution, just because yeah. it I'm had so many important moments. Uh, but again, Connor, I don't know if you want to push for the Rumble a bit more. I, I, I just think some of, you know, our reaction when Drew McIntyre claymores Roman Reigns out of the ring, I, I don't think we've we've ever reacted to something like that in a match because we saw the final two and we just all we all looked at each other and went, it'd be very different now how Roman Reigns has changed. But at the time, we all looked at each other and just went, oh no, yeah. here we go again. Roman Reigns is going to win it and he's going to have another boring match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And then bang, the claymore. Out of absolutely nowhere, takes Roman Reigns out of the equation and we all jumped off our sofas, you know. And for me, I just think that's a fantastic moment. Alongside Edge's return, then Edge and Orton have their little thing in the ring as well. But again, I'm happy, I'm happy to give it to Revolution. Well, Rob, I'll give you I'll give I'm Rob not, the, the I want deciding to go with, I'm going Rumble. Rumble. Sorry, right. Andy. No, that's it. That's fair enough. Really? 
That's far, fair enough. It's not my fault you're both idiots. God, I've got to make brilliant points. It was just, yeah, sorry, I'm going to Rumble. No, Rumble, it, I, I, I've got no complaints. I think Rumble was probably my second choice. It was a phenomenal show. And the, the, the effects still being felt today. You know, Drew is still got the title. I know he lost it in the interim, but still, he's still going strong. Uh, right, now we come to the final two awards, lads. Well, three if you count the final one, because uh, we're having two each. But uh, yeah, our least favourite wrestler of the year. This is not a nice one. I had a few options. I don't like crapping on anyone's wrestling because I'm not a wrestler myself. I haven't taken a bump before. I know it's difficult. I know it's you know, a real struggle. I know they work their asses off, but sometimes you just have some, some gimmick or just someone that just grinds your gears and you just hate. And I'm not talking about real heat. I'm not talking about MGF heat where it really gets you, but you appreciate his performer. I'm talking about... I know where you're going with this just, one. Where you just hate them and want them to go away. I think you think you know, Connor, but I don't think you know, no. That's make any sense. But I'm going to go with you, Connor. What is your least favourite wrestler of 2020? Well, this was a tough one because there's a few that I don't like. I managed to whittle it down to two and then I, and then I chose... My final one, and unfortunately, my worst wrestler of the year is Nia Jax. <laughs> I cannot stand to watch her in the ring. She scares me every time I watch her in the ring. I, I mean, some of the moves, I think she injured Kyrie Sane back earlier in the year where she just threw her on her neck. Yeah. Um, poor Lana got put through the table about 10 times and every time I had to go on her Instagram and Twitter to make sure she was actually okay because I was seriously concerned. And she's, she, her moves aren't even good. Like what does she do? She does a Samoan drop and, and throws people around the ring. Like they're not even good moves. The leg drop I'll, uh, uh, is one thing I'll give because that leg is a, is a big okay, she's, damage. She's all right on the mic, but for the amount of injuries that she causes people, Compared to the amount of time that she gets on our TV screens, gets title opportunities, wins titles, I, ju I just think, what on earth are you doing? I mean, the one time she got away with it was when she broke Becky Lynch's nose, and she didn't. That was blooming botch. She wasn't even supposed to do that. Actually, they managed to make make something out of it. I find her incredibly unsafe, incredibly hard to watch, and I I, I fear I fear for the women that step into the ring with her week in week out. All right, Robbie, who has been your least favourite wrestler of the year. Oh, but before no. I move on to Robbie, sorry, the hybrid two were close. They were close. Oh. <laughs> they oh. were, they were, uh, I, I nearly put them in, but then I thought because Nia Jax is so unsafe, I had to go for her, but the hybrid two were that close. Angelico's her. stupid strut that he does. Oh, oh. Jack, oh. Jack Evans. Oh, oh they're so annoying. Oh, anyway, man. sorry, Robbie. Yeah, go on, Rob. That was you. Uh, Nia Jax. Was, it was very much in my thinking, but I do feel bad because I do tear into her a lot. And Connor makes a good point. She does nearly kill people a lot of the time. Uh, if you ask me in the summer, I would have said Cameron Grimes, but the man has redeemed himself. Yeah. I love his pieces now. I find him totally entertaining. But there was one man that I've dug out already a few times today, and that is old man Goldberg. I'm happy to rip into him. Don't yeah. like him. I don't like seeing him on my screens anymore. He can't go in the ring. Winds me up. He gets opportunities at the expense of people who deserve opportunities. Piss me even more. They bury other people at the expense of him. It's done twice. They buried Kevin Owens when they took the title off him just so they could have Goldberg Lesnar over the title. Then did it to my boy The Fiends just so they could have the Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, which didn't even bloody happen. Then he loses to Braun Strowman in a terrible match, which easily could have been worth match year again, where he just gets hit by one running power slam and flops. Then don't see him again. And now somehow he seems to be linked to win the Royal Rumble after flopping when he got the Universal title. It just winds me up. Can't stand the man. Maybe it's just how he books. But if you can't go any longer than five minutes in a wrestling match, then what's the point? If he put on good matches, like if Edge was the Royal Rumble, I wouldn't care too much because I know Edge would put on a good match. Goldberg will put, what, a five-minute main event on? Whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo and hit. Not even a jackhammer, some crappy suplex. Yeah, I can't suplex. stand him. I just don't like him. And no, that's fine. There are people who maybe have had worse years, but I just don't like Goldberg because it just winds me up. Winds me up completely. Uh, two, two good shouts there. Two very good shouts. Uh, of course, Baron Corbin is always in my radar, but because of his 2020, he's been quite quiet this year. He has, in fairness. Uh, even though he tried to murder Rey Mysterio, uh, he, he, he hasn't really done too much this year. So actually, lads, and I think, uh, again, I'm, I don't think I'm cheating by choosing this it's not a singular wrestler it's, i'm going for wrestlers plural 
Retribution have been my least favourite wrestling thing of the year. What a considerable waste of time, of talent, of everything. They had so much time to possibly build this into something special and they just butchered it. And what do we have now? We have Mustafa Ali and people whose names I can't remember. Boneyard, Lumber, that, that's, that's, called, that's Call of Duty locations, but it's, that's, it just sounds like it. We have, we have Mia Yim, who is one of the most talented women in the WWE, and she's been... Don't get me started on that. What's she called? Like Ham Slice or something like that? Ham Jack or something? I can't remember. I don't know, Anthony. I don't know. I'd love to tell you, but I can't. No. I don't care. And they've got, they've, got just, they've got some great talent there, and they're just wasting away. It's, it's terrible. And let's not forget, where's where everyone gone? Retribution, when they debuted, there was about 20 of them. Now it's got five. How how we meant to tell that story, and not to mention the fact that Mustafa Ali was the hacker originally, and he just said throw away. Oh, by the way, I was I was a hacker. In case you, you remember, awful, 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 awful. And yet they still get on TV. Bloody Bone Jack, whatever his name is, Bone T Bar, T Bone, whatever his name is, he's getting on TV every week and wrestling people, beating Ricochet. How is that happening? How is that allowed? Who is booking this? Awful. And I get what you're saying about Goldberg, Rob. I really do. But he's not yeah. been on. In, he's not been. 2020 enough he's he was he's just not wrestled enough and connor i get what you say about nia Jax, but you can't forget she's won a title this year so yeah, for me I'm, Ret- I'm happy to give it to retribution yeah just, yeah retribution's yeah and also it's worth mentioning um i'm not sure if we're going to get time to do our um our power five but i may as well i may as well mention it now mercedes martinez reappears on nxt and looks looks yeah. so much better for it i mean whoever decided that they were going to put her in retribution needs to be shot. <laughs> What's yeah. the point? You know what I mean? And then now she's gone back and she attacks the Oshirai and she looks a million dollars again. It's, like you said, Andy, it's terribly, terribly booked. And um, after this, I'll give old Adam Pierce a ring and I'll tell him to sort it out. Please do. Please do. So, yeah, I think, I think if we're all in agreement there, thank you for giving me that one. Least favourite wrestler of the year. Wrestlers. Uh, retribution. It counts, oh, Andy. It does. Awful, awful gimmick. Uh, poor Mustafa Ali, that's all I have to say. Uh, right, here we go, lads. The big one, or the big two, I guess you could say. The hybrid two, not the hybrid two. Screw them. Uh, the wrestler of the year award for going for men and women separately because, I, you know, it's hard. I want to I be able to honour as many people as possible with this prestigious award. Uh, we gave uh, Brody Lee the honourable <coughs> nod, uh, but we're going to go for uh, men and women here for the rest of the year. Who has for you been the best wrestler in their respective divisions of the entire year. Rob, I'll start with you. Give me your men. Give me your, give me your men, sorry. Give me your <laughs> favourite male wrestler of the year. Uh, the male one was tough. Yeah, the women one wasn't, and I'll come to my women's one because there was only one woman in my mind for that. But the men's one, uh, I've gone for Randall Keith Orton. It's been up and down over recent months. He has kind of been on a downward side slightly, but then he's just given us that incredible moment with the Fiend, which has picked up again. But I think the work he did, especially towards the start of the pandemic, shouldn't be underestimated. He was one of the few good things about WWE over the summer because WWE was at an all-time low over the summer. And he has given us some incredible moments. Obviously, brought about the punk kick, and he turned back into the legend killer that we all loved. But obviously, there are other names that I could have gone for, the likes of Mr. Roman Reigns, who, yes, was missing for half a year. But since he's come back, he has taken SmackDown to a whole another level. John Moxley as well was another one who I'm sure probably in your lads thinking as well. Obviously, he isn't champion anymore, but for the whole year, he looked an incredible champion. Con obviously loved him to pieces. But I have gone with Randy Orton, but I am open to hear other suggestions, and I will, I will listen to suggestions made by both of you. Yeah, there's a, there's a top three for me, and it, it is unbelievably hard to pick between the top two. And you mentioned both of them, Randy and Roman. John Moxley's my third choice. He's very close, and he's, he's just been on it. But in terms of the progression of the characters, everything they've done, I mean, Roman's done so many different things this year, as has Randy. I mean, Randy's been everywhere. It's a really tricky one, this one. Oh, Help me out, Connor. I assume they're your, they're your sort of top two. Were they the ones you were... Well, boys, Rob, Rob, Rob actually said there, he found it really uh, tough to choose the, the female... Uh, sorry, really easy, sorry, to choose the female one. Um, whereas I found the female one really tough and I found the male one easy. It's John Moxley, boys. You know, we've we got to look at this for the whole year. For the whole year, right? 
he only lost to Kenny Omega towards the end. And actually, he technically didn't lose cleanly. So he hasn't lost cleanly all year. He's defended the title on numerous occasions, had some incredible matches. I mean, I mean, he, he really kicked off the AEW sort of pandemic when he beat Jake Hager in that empty arena match, which was yeah. JR in there. You know, we were all looking at it going, oh, this is going to struggle, isn't it? Great match, great commentary. He's carried the title fantastically. The crowd absolutely love him, you know, from when he won it off uh, Chris Jericho. So for me, there's really only one man, and, and that's John Moxley. That's, that's fair enough, you know. But I think... Okay, so for Reigns, I can't give it to Reigns purely because he was gone for a while. Not, okay, yeah, he's and at gone, the start of the year, he was. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when he got covered in dog food? That was earlier on in the year. By yeah, Corbin. That yeah. Was the Corbin Reigns feud. Yeah, yeah. that's terrible. But but for Randy, not, Connor, but no, no, I reckon you can. I reckon you can put Roman Reigns in that if you want to, Andy, because it's not his fault that he. No. You know he has. We're trying to narrow it down, Connor. Don't yeah, you, but you, that's my point. Difficult. I think after the whole year Reigns is only for for the past six months from just. SummerSlam onwards, that he has been the MVP. But in terms of the whole year, this this is hard between Randy and John because Randy, you can't forget the Rumble. That's where it all started. The Rumble in January, he had that thing with Edge, and then straight after the Rumble, kicked onto it with Edge. Okay, that was him up to Mania. Done. That was him to Backlash. Done. Then he yeah, started yeah. the whole Legend Killer gimmick where he started murdering people, um, and then he uh, then he obviously been saddled with Drew McIntyre, won the title. Uh, lost the title again and then moved on to The Fiend and had one of the best TLC matches well it wasn't TLC match but best matches on TLC of the year but then to your point Moxley he has been the MVP he hasn't lost clean for the entire calendar year he kicked it off like Randy back at Revolution the first pay-per-view of their year AEW and just didn't lose and had well, a you, few you've rules. got the deciding vote here Andy 1-1 one, one at the moment so you're, I'm happy you're the man so with the vote Moxley. I'm happy to agree with all because of what I, mean, I said just because I'm, I'm defending Moxley very strongly here, you know, Randy Orton's had a great year. I'm, I'm not, you know, he, he carried Raw through the pandemic. He was the, the sort of the bright spark. So he definitely, you know, would be a worthy man to choose. So, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go sit and cry in a corner if you choose Randy Orton in the end. But, but for me, yeah, it's, it's John Moxley. Oh, this is tricky. This is, I find this very difficult, but I think I might give Moxley the edge purely on the basis that, Randy had that slight dud with uh, with mm. Drew, where yeah. they, we sort of thought, okay, can you, can you stop fighting each other now, please? And he won the title yeah. a bit inexplicably, and I'm not sure the title change was needed. But then but that's not that, his fault. No, fair. but you got to look at it objectively, and you got to just yeah, say, that's, what, that's what we saw. Um, he might have been the best performer of the year, but in terms of wrestling and all that comes with it, I might just have to give John Moxley the, the dub there. And he's, he's coming back next week as well. He's coming back next week in the New Year's match. So, yeah, that's it. John Moxley is our male superstar. Up the job. Yeah. Well done, John boy. Right, Go on, then. For women, then, I assume we have the same one. But, Connor, I'm interested no, to we don't. you first. We don't, boys. You guys say your one first. Connor's going to come I've in got, with I've his... got a monologue to explain for my one. So I'll He's going to come in it. with his NXT women's crap. I have no time It's Sasha Banks, Andy. I'm sorry, but she's been on fire. Her and Bailey were non-stop over the summer, appearing on Raw, SmackDown, NXT. She has won the Raw, SmackDown and Women's Tag Team Championships year. She's been involved in arguably the best women's match, her and Bailey's Helen herself. Mm. And she's just on fire at the moment. Her and Roe Reigns are just at the top of their game on SmackDown. She is looking on fire, Andy. And I love her to pieces. And she is my Women's of the Year. The Slammy Awards agree with me. She got it there. The people will agree with me. I, the NXT stuff's going to come in in a second. And I will listen to it. But... I don't think anyone on as good as NXT women are. I don't think any of them can rival what Banks has done this year, personally. Um, that there's me cementing my claim for Miss Sasha Banks as not only the women superstar of the year, but she be my wrestler of the year as well, personally. All right. Well, my uh, my women's superstar of the year was uh, Leila Hirsch. I think she has <laughs> had a fantastic. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, I will I will give it to Banks purely because I've been most entertained watching her. I think she's had a tremendous year. I think, you know, Connor might have the edge here because I think for the first few months of 2020, Banks was quiet and she really came into her own sort of after money in the bank sort of time. But, you know, I will, um, I will give it to Banks. I think she's had a tremendous feud with Bailey up there for feud of the year for me. 
and uh, she has been, yeah, I think she's been the best. So, Connor, I'm intrigued to hear what Raquel Gonzalez or, you know. Do you know, do you know what? Candace, I reckon it's Candice LeRae. Do you know what, boys? No, EO. It's going to be EO. I found, uh, no, I found this really, really tough. There's been some fantastic women over the year. I mean, you, you know, you look at Bailey, amazing. Sasha Banks, amazing. EO Shirai, amazing. You know, there's, there's been some great women superstars. But I'm, I'm going to go for one outside of the box. Now, it might be, might be difficult for you guys because it's a wrestler that I've sort of followed kind of without, without sort of you two. And um, it's a brand that we haven't actually mentioned yet in these awards, and it's Impact Wrestling. So I'm giving my female superstar of the year to Diona Perazzo. Now, the reason oh. I am doing this... Andy, what are you looking at that for? No, it's... Uh... <laughs> Oh, Robbie and I are laughing. Oh, no, no, please. No, Connor, I want you to state your claim and I will not go on. The reason that I have decided to do this is because she started the year in NXT, not really, not really pulling up any, any sort of trees, not, nothing really to, to write home about. She got released during the pandemic. She then signed for Impact Wrestling and within, I think it was a few weeks, took the title the Knockouts Women's Championship title off of Jordan Grace. She then also won the first Iron Woman match in Impact Wrestling and is now basically the hottest women's prospect in Impact Wrestling. So I think from being basically, no offence, a, a kind of a nobody in NXT to then winning the title and being one of the main stars in a different brand I think that's more worthy than, than, than Sasha Banks. And I, and I believe that because Sasha Banks had the backing from the start. Diona Perrazzo didn't have the backing from the start. and Basically had to show her potential to get to the top. And that is the reason why I'm choosing her as my female superstar of the year. And I know you ain't going to agree with me. And I don't really care, to be honest, because I've made my point. So you can give it to your Sasha Banks and whatever you want to do. But I, won't, I, don't, I disagree with that, I'm afraid. But that's my point. Oh. That's, that's very, that's very, uh, that was very beautifully said, Connor. Uh, although the most, ridiculous. No, I heed, I hear what you're saying. I truly do. However, if it wasn't for Kenny Omega, you would not be watching Impact Wrestling. I will tell you that right now for a fact. And look, you look at other Impact wrestlers. They got Rich Swan, who was released from WWE. I actually He's did the world watch champion. Impact Wrestling before, just not weekly. Kenny Omega now makes me watch it weekly. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Good Brothers, uh, Gallows and Anderson, they're the tag team champs after being released by WWE. So yes, yes. But they were, they were on weekly, episodically on Raw. They were, I don't know why they got released, because they were literally on every week. Yeah, okay. Rich Swab then. He was a former Cruiserweight champion. And then he, and then he was sort of... But, and then he never appeared. Then he got released. Now he's the Impact World Champion. I just think there are... For me, there have been better stories of the year than Diana Perrazzo. I'm very happy for her. It's a very nice story. But I think in terms of the scale of 2020, and it's only the back end of 2020 she's done it, Sasha's been on form all year, it's to say. That's fun. <laughs> she, she can have most improved. She can have a participation. <laughs> that's, no, that's an insult, Robbie. You can't give her that. <laughs> Christ. Well, I, don't, I don't know much. At the end of the day, she's a WWE reject. Yeah, isn't she? Kind of. That's the point, oh, yeah. Rob. It's about rebuilding your career. Fine, she's she gonna have, she have come back. Sasha Banks was back from the start. Sasha Banks had to took some time off and yes. let her. Sasha Banks was always going to be the baby. She was always the one that they were going to push. She, she had the easiest amount of time with it because she basically could do what she wants. She could swan off for whatever, come back, and she knew she was always going to get the back in. I've gone for someone who actually had to work hard to get to the position they're at. And that's no offence to Sasha Banks, because Sasha Banks is amazing. I've sung her praises beyond doubt. But that's the reason I've, I've decided not to go for her. Well, I, th I, would, I, I, I understand what you're saying, work hard. And that's all very well and good. But I'm sorry, you look at the Impact Women's Wrestling Division. She's the only one with a slight name. And it's a very limited name about uh, a sort of... No, a sub no, no, I, said, I said give it to Sasha Banks. I'm, I'm more than happy for Sasha Banks to have it. Sasha Banks is brilliant. I'm, I'm more, more than happy for that. I just thought I'd choose a bit outside the box. Yes, and I appreciate that. Although it was, <laughs> I think I think you have to give it Sasha. I think we have to give it Sasha. But it's, it's I, think it's a, 
I think uh, your your NXT women's division kind of will be startled. They've not even come. To I know. Poor EO. EO would be well, my I second. Gonna, I was going to put EO in there, but she's had a bit of a poor back end to it, really. She keeps getting beaten up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Bailey really. deserves a mention because she had gimmick. I said, yeah, Bailey, Bailey was a close one. Good. I, I nearly chose Bailey. As we said um, earlier, they they kind I of was actually nearly, I was nearly going to choose Charlotte because don't forget she won the Rumble. Yeah, and she also won at Mania as well. But then obviously she kind of went off for a bit, so that was kind of one of my reasons why I didn't choose her. But then obviously she's now come back and won the women's television titles. There's so many you could, you so many you can, mm. you can mention. But I thought I'd go outside the box. And plus, Impact hasn't got a mention yet, so I thought I'd mention them as well. No, I'll tell you, yeah, that's, Don, that's Callis, good. Don Callis and Kenny Omega are doing bits, so I thought I'd. They are. They are indeed. Uh, don't you love now that Kenny Omega appears more on Impact than he does on AEW, even though he's AEW champion? <laughs> he does. He does. And you know what? I think I hope, I hope to see him a bit more because I worry. I worry now that we're, we're not going to see the AEW champion. Yeah. Next week. Oh, he so, is. Yeah, he is actually. That's true. Yeah. He is. He's doing. He's basically doing a double job. I hope he's getting paid double. Oh, he will. He'll be getting paid <laughs> handsomely. By both Don and Tony. He also, I think we did sort of give him mention, but he's also up there for male superstar of the yeah. year. Yeah. Obviously, he was tag team champion for, for so long as well. Yeah. Uh, throughout the year. So, uh, and he's, yeah, under, he's undergone a, a very interesting character shift as well. This, he's now pretty much, he is a heel, basically. Now, you can't, there's no two ways about it. He is a heel now. He went from a, a strong baby face yeah. at the start. Uh, and now he's, yeah, he's become that sort of arrogant heel that uh, we all enjoy. So, yeah. But I think that's it, lads. I think that is our. Keegan Knox. Tegan is not part of this ceremony. Why not? Most, most most time spent off screen. Oh, <laughs> that's actually good. Cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Biggest couch potato. Oh, oh no! An ACL injury, Andy. Most, yeah, I know. Most most real life action video. Have you got the action video yet? Uh, now it's on the way. Oh, lovely. Look forward to seeing it. I know, we've got to take a picture of it. I pre-ordered it, Rob. Oh, Oh, did you? I haven't been out yet. Yeah, yeah, I pre-ordered it because it wasn't wasn't out yet. So I wanted to get in there nice and early. So I think it's on its way now, but apparently, like, because over Christmas, the post office are, like, moaning that they're really busy and they've got blaming Brexit and stuff. So I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get it. It's all right, lads. We're just doing a podcast going out to people. That's fine. Yeah, you keep talking about post office. That's fine, yeah. But yeah, no, back I'm to the original thing. Why not pick outside the box? But obviously, you guys don't agree, so Sasha Banks being my wrestler of the year. All right, and that is it. That is the first ever Gory Awards, the national Gories. I don't know what we want to call them, but yes, the year-end awards. Uh, I, think we've, I think we've done very well there, lads. We've, we've agreed on some really top awards there. And uh, I think Connor will be putting up polls on Twitter where people can say whether they agreed. They're all out there at the moment. Good man. So please get on at Monday Night Gore, capital M, capital N, capital G. And if you don't agree with us, tweet us at Monday Night Gore, capital N, capital N, capital G. Let us know what you think, or you can tweet us all individually. Um, you'll find our Twitter accounts on our page. Well said. Right, lads. Unless you have any further business to state, I do believe that that is that. Uh, Robbie, Connor, thank you very, very much for joining I was here. Connor, great to have you back on the pod. I'm sure we'll have you very soon. And that is the last Monday Night Gore of this series of 2020. But don't fear. Please don't fear. Don't worry. We'll be back in 2021, which we do hope will be a much better year. As Connor rightly mentioned there, do follow us on Twitter to get involved in all the polls, all the discussion at Monday Night Gore. And uh, we'll have the results of what you thought. If you, uh, if you agree with Connor, you thought Diana Prozo is the women's wrestler of the year, then please let us know because I'd love to hear your argument for it and uh, maybe make Rob and I change our minds. Uh, but for us three, we wish you a very happy new year. We'll see you in 21. Have a good one.